Stacy is uh, uh, on our staff, and she sent to the creative team, she sent out this little video, or not a video, but an email talking about um, some of the things we're working on for the church and marketing, and she said, the average American has an eight-second attention span. And I said, oh, thanks, Stacy, as I prepare for my 20-minute talk. So I figured that, that that video would hopefully catch your attention, and then we can talk a little bit about relationships. And um, we're still in our summer series. We heard from Sean last week. Beautiful message on don't waste your pain. And if you weren't here, I highly recommend you, you get it. And actually, your Kleenex is still here, honey, so... Bring, bring Kleenex if you, if you watch his video online because it was really awesome. So today, our top topic is don't waste your connections. And as Don mentioned, I am the connections pastor here, so I'm very passionate about connections. One of the biggest reasons why I love connections is because I know how much it has helped me and benefited my life, um, being connected in ways that are meaningful and um, and life-giving. So I just want to share for a few minutes with you about that today. Um, I read recently in Time Magazine an article, maybe some of you have, have read that too, it uh, came out in May of 2018, and it was a finding of a nationwide survey in America of 20,000 adults. And it said the findings say that loneliness in America is an, at an all-time high. And I think about, think about that. It's like, how can that be with all of the connections and the amazing possibilities we have to connect with one another? But it's at an all-time high. 54% of respondents said they feel like no one actually knows them well. 56% of people said the people they surround themselves with are not necessarily with them. Approximately 40% say they lack companionship and that they feel isolated from others. Only 53% said that they have meaningful in-person relationships, interactions on a daily basis. The study went on to say that loneliness is a major threat to America's mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And it can have huge consequences for our public health. Given the well-researched connection between loneliness and health issues ranging from substance abuse to heart disease... And the article goes on to say the biggest takeaway from this article is that most Americans are considered lonely. This is an alarming statistic, said Dr. Joe Nemec, chief medical officer of behavioral health at Cigna. But more importantly, if everyone who comes into contact with this data can ask themselves what they can do in their communities to affect change, that would be a very meaningful first step. And so it's from that place that I'd like to take a few minutes today and talk to you about how we can take a first step. How can we take a step um, to affect change in our communities through meaningful connection? How can we uh, reach out to those that might be part of the statistic that feel so alone, that they don't have meaningful connections? Because as, as you probably know, if you've read the Bible at all, you know that, um, that God is all about connections, that we serve a relational God. God is a triune God. 
there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So within him is contained relationship. We know that when Jesus came to earth, he, he surrounded himself with people and community, the disciples. And so it is, he is our example. And so since we are created in his image and designed to be just like him, he has created us to be relational beings, that we are to be in relationship with, with others. And even as the scripture that we talked about this morning that Don read a few times, that two are better than one. We're better together. So think about all of the times in scripture where it talks about the one another's. So hundreds of times in scripture, God tells us to pray for one another. God tells us to love one another, tells us to encourage one another. What are some of the one another's that God tells us to do? Anyone? Comfort one another. Carry one another's burdens. Encourage one another. Yeah, so there's all kinds of one another's that Jesus tells us to do, that we're to serve one another, we're to love one another, we're to bless one another. And we need one another because we are better together. We are better together, and that helps us to become stronger because of healthy relationships in our lives. I want you to think for a minute of a time, um, your, your greatest accomplishment or a significant challenge that you had to overcome. Think for a minute about that. One thing that you'll find in common that every person um, thought about is that there was someone on the other end that helped you. You didn't do it alone. You didn't accomplish success on your own. There was someone there that supported you, that encouraged you, that cheered you on. Um, it reminds me of a, of a time when um, I was in high school. And um, so speaking of one of a significant challenge that I had to overcome, when I was in high school, uh, my senior year, I broke both of my arms. And um, so you might say, how in the world can someone break two arms? Well, it is um, fascinating how I did this, but I did. I won't go into all the details. However, I broke two arms, and did I mention that I did it in front of the entire school? Yeah. And I was on homecoming court the next day with a strapless gown. So here I am. <laughs> I'm so glad there was no Instagram or Facebook back then because I'm sure, I'm sure I would have been all over. But, but that was a time in my life where... I wasn't, if, if I were alone, I would have been in big trouble, right? There's a lot of things you can't do when you have two broken arms. Use your imagination on that one. So that was a very difficult time. And so, so the point is, is that we, we need each other. None of us are self-made. And so if you, if you thought of the things that your greatest accomplishment, your greatest success, well, realizing that you didn't do it on your own, is really important because we need, another, need one another. We can't fulfill our purpose without another person. God made it that way. And so not only in Scripture are there multiple um, examples of how we need each other and how God has wired us for connection, but science can also prove that now. Science is, um, even in the article where Dr. Nemec wrote, is that you know, it is connected to our physical, our psychological, and our emotional and spiritual well-being to be connected with others. Because we can't be fully alive apart from being connected with others. And so, 
Your best and your worst seasons of life are about who was with you in that season, either for good or for bad. So even with connections, sometimes we have connections that are, that are not good connections, that can diminish our lives, that can diminish our purpose. So the truth is, is that how well we do in life depends not only on what you do or how well you use your skills and your competencies, but it also matters who's doing it with you. Who's helping you? Who's fighting against you? Who's building you up? And who's tearing you down? The Power of the Other. There's a book that I read over the summer called um, The Power of the Other by Dr. Henry Cloud. And it's his newest book. It's a great book. Many of you probably know him from his book, The Boundaries. But this is a new book that he wrote. And it's, and it's, it's a fascinating book. And he, he cites a lot of... Um, Dan Siegel's work, Dan does a lot with the brain and the brain health and how our connectedness um, affects our um, healthy relationships, affect us in positive ways, uh, help us to um, deal with stress appropriately, to regulate emotions, to be resilient, that we're wired for success when we're in healthy relationships. And likewise, in unhealthy relationships, it causes our brain to be overreactive or um, the inability to focus, fearful, controlling, whatever it is that causes us fear, there's then there's in unhealthy relationships, there's a failure to thrive. And we see that with babies too, the babies in the nursery. If they don't have loving touch and loving connection, there's a failure to thrive. And so like it or not, our connections with one another matter. It matters because they have power in our lives. And they have, so it's really important to be connected to the right people, not just connected to people, but to be connected to the right people. According to Dr. Cloud in this book, he says, science confirms that getting to the next level of growth is 100% dependent on relationships, but the kind of relationship must be the right kind of relationship. The right kinds of relationships wire us for resilience and for success. So how we manage our relationships is the difference between winning and losing and between succeeding and failure to thrive. So it matters who we're connected to. Anyone take a flight recently? What's the first thing you do when you land? Well, thank you, Jesus. Yes, that's good. That's good, Brian. That's a good thing to do right when you land. Thank you, Jesus. What might be the second thing you do? Huh? Let someone know you have arrived. And how do you do that? You have to take out your phone and you have to turn it on, right? So in the air, you have your phone either off or you have it on airplane mode, as they tell you to do, if you listen to what they tell you to do. Um, and so when, we, when our phones are in airplane mode or they're shut off, they're very limited, right? Very limited. They're limited to what is contained inside the phone. And so um, when you... When you land and turn it off of airplane mode, it says right up in the corner, searching, searching for a network. So why is it searching? It's searching because our phones are designed, as soon as they go on, to search for the nearest network. Because when they are connected to a network, the possibilities are um, expanded, right? You have the ability to, to give and receive calls, to let somebody know that you've landed. So in the same way with us, if we're not connected to a network, we're very limited 
as to what we can do. We're limited to what's on the inside of us. And so that's a limit that, um, that when you're disconnected, you have no ability to receive and ability to give out. And it's, it is a, um, I believe that God's wired us with a connection chip, that we are searching. We're always searching for relationships. We're always searching for how God can connect us with other people, whether we know it or not. And, but sometimes what happens is when we're in our searching, we get connected to the wrong people. And being connected to the wrong people, as we know in Scripture, it talks about um, bad company corrupts good morals, good character. So when we're not fully connected in good relationships, we end up in relationships that can drag us down. And so no matter what your circumstances are or what you're going through, science and um, experience agree that figuring out where you are in relationship to your connections is one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves. And so, as I mentioned in this book, um, Dr. Cloud's book, he talks about the four corners of relationship and that there's four different corners of relationship and you can only be in, there's one corner that helps you to thrive in your relationships. And the other three corners will take away from your potential and uh, take away from your spiritual and emotional and physical well-being. So let's take a look at the four corners of connection. So in corner, first corner is corner one. And that corner is a corner that has um, no connection. There's no connection in corner one. So as we know with healthy relationships, there has to be a giving and a receiving. That's a healthy relationship, uh, giving and receiving. But in this, in this corner, the person is closed off. They're unable to give emotionally, unable to receive emotionally. They're unable to be vulnerable with others. And so... Um, this is like the, the lone ranger, the person that's disconnected. Now, they may be in a room full of people. You can be in a room full of people and still be disconnected. And so sometimes, you know, you might be, the, you might be um, in a relationship. You may be the person in the relationship with someone who's, who's disconnected, or you may be the person that's get disconnected. But either way... Um, regardless of how or why someone is here, this is a dangerous corner because this is a place where um, it's a place of unmet needs because there's no giving and there's no receiving. And so, uh, as we saw in our Ecclesiastes scripture, that two are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. So helping each other succeed. If one falls down, they can help the other one up. But if someone falls alone, he is in real trouble. And so corner one if you're in corner one or in a relationship with corner one, it's important to remember that God didn't create us to be alone. So sometimes we go searching then for the next corner. And the next corner is corner two. And corner two is the bad connection. And people in this corner can make you just feel bad about yourself. You ever been in a relationship with somebody who just makes you feel bad about yourself? It maybe isn't an abusive relationship, but it could be. But it, it's just you're in the relationship with this person and you feel like you're less than them. You feel like you're inferior to them or you feel like um, something's wrong with you that you don't measure up. So that's a bad connection. And so this corner brings a lot of shame or guilt or anxiety. And over time, it can begin to, it can begin to debilitate you. You can be paralyzed by these kind of relationships. So... Don't settle for a relationship 
in the bad relationship corner. Proverbs 14.7 tells us, Escape quickly from the company of fools. They're a waste of time and a waste of your words. So these are people that you can't trust. These are people that, that they're not for you, that they're against you. And so Proverbs tells us to escape. So don't let anybody make you feel bad about yourself. I, I teach a class at, um, for the state of Michigan, at Michigan Rehabilitative Services. Um, and one of the classes that I teach for people, it's to help them with their vocational skills. One of the classes is building your self-confidence. And so we talk about how um, when we're in a relationship with somebody that makes us feel bad about ourselves, of course that wears away at our self-confidence, right? Why, you know, why wouldn't it? But one of the things we talk about is we, we, um, we can't feel bad about ourselves unless, somebody, unless we let them. So don't let people make you feel bad about yourself. You have to get out of relationships like that. And, it, and you really can get out of relationships like that. It's not easy to do all the time, but it is something that we need to do is to make decisions to walk away from relationships or put healthy boundaries around those kind of relationships. So in corner one, we're feeling isolated. Corner two, we're feeling bad about ourselves. So we might move to corner three and think, oh, I just have to feel good about myself. I want to feel good about myself. So corner three is called the fake corner. Uh, that's the pseudo-good relationship. We're looking for something to feel good about ourselves. Sometimes it's a something or a someone. If it's something, it might be, um, you know, it might be eating two large pizzas yourself, followed by two uh, hot fudge sundaes afterwards, or going shopping and buying yourself some new outfits that make you feel good about yourself. Maybe having one more drink that might make you feel good about yourself. Whatever, or sitting on the couch watching Netflix for the entire day, binging on Netflix, whatever we think is going to make us feel good about ourselves, and it might for the moment, but it's very short-lived. Or it might be a someone that we search for that, to help us feel good about ourselves. And so a person that will feed our need for approval and affection, someone that will flatter us and tell us how great we are so we can surround ourselves with people that will... Um, Never tell us the truth, but always tell us what we want to hear. And Timothy talks about that in Scripture, that um, people like that surround themselves with people that will tickle their ears and tell them what they want to say. And so be careful who you surround yourself with, because in Proverbs uh, chapter 13, it says we become like those we hang out with. So become wise by walking with the wise, and when you hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. So what we really need is corner four relationships. In corner four relationships, these are real connections. These are the people that you can be with and you feel like you are whole. You feel like you feel energized. You feel like because you were with them that you have more hope, that you feel encouraged. You feel like um, you're a better person because of them in your life. These are the kind of relationships, the, the kind of relationships where you can share your heart, the good, the bad, the ugly, and you know you won't be judged. You know they're not going to look down their nose at you. They, you know that they're going to hold your information safe. You can tell them, you can confess your sins 
to these types of people and know that they're not going to go and tell everybody all of the things that you told them. Because the word tells us when we confess our sins one to another, then then we're going to be healed. So we have to have the real kind of connections in our life so that we can really um, feel whole. It's It's a giving and a receiving. It's two people that are mutually invested in one another. And I'm not talking about marriage, and it could be marriage, but I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about just being in relationship with people that you can share, share your guts with, that you can share your fears with, that you can share your dreams with, and you're not gonna, they're not going to say, you, what makes you think you can do that? Or why would you think that's a good idea? but people who will hear you, that will listen to you, that will not try to fix you when you tell them some of the the challenges that you're currently facing. And so these are the people that you want to see yourself with, you want to surround yourself with, because these are the kind of people that are going to help you succeed. These are the kind of people that, um, that when you are with them, like Sean told us or shared last week, he called them either your friend or your frenemy. And so your friends are the people that when you're down, that they're going to reach down and they're going to lift you up. And they're going to surround you. They're the type of people that if you're, if you're hurt or you're facing a challenge or you get that diagnosis or you, you're, you're losing your house or you're losing your job or you're losing your marriage, that they are not going to go on the other side of the road like the, the Levite and the priest did to the man that was hurting. But they're going to be like the, the Samaritan that picks you up and bandages you and heals you and cares for you and climbs in bed with you if they have to and feeds you soup. Those are the kind of friends. Those are the kind of connections that we have to search for, that we have to long for. We have to be connected to a network in order to find them because I'm sure everybody here is saying, yeah, I want that kind of friend. Who doesn't? I want that kind of friend. But guess what? Having friendships like that relationships like that takes a lot of hard work. It takes investment. You have to be invested in another person. And so we all want people to invest in us, but it has to be a two-way. It has to be a giving, and it has to be a receiving. And so being able to have difficult conversations with people is key Rather than just walk away, have the difficult conversations, sit down with one another, enter into another person's pain. It's not easy to do, but if you want to have meaningful connections, you have to be able to enter into another person's pain. And so um, we need to be connected to one another um, in, in, in our pain, in our successes, in our griefs, in our sorrows. And um, I read a story recently about the sequoia tree. Anyone familiar with the sequoia tree? They're like the biggest trees on the planet. They're huge. Up, they can get up to 300 feet high. And they're said to be um, the skyscrapers of nature. So they're like tallest skyscrapers. I don't know how tall skyscrapers are, but... That's what they call them, the skyscrapers of, the, of, the, um, of nature, of the forest. And so sequoia trees are the biggest and the largest. And, yeah, you can see, you can see a picture there. I mean, look at those children. That's, that, and not just height, but diameter of the trunk. And so you would, you, these trees are able to withstand strong winds and storms and earthquakes and fires. 
And with the size of them, you would think that their roots would go super deep, right? You'd think that they go so deep in order so that they don't fall over with the wind and the storms and that. But it's, it's not the case. Interestingly enough, their roots only go like five to six feet deep. And the reason for that is because rather than going down, the roots go like this. And they can go hundreds of feet this way. And they all connect with one another. Isn't that a cool picture? So the, the sequoias are connected with one another. And so they hold each other up in the storms of life. And they hold each other up in the earthquakes. And it reminds me of, of it's a metaphor for us and what we can do for one another. That when the earthquakes come and the storms come and the fires come, because they will, right? I mean, if anyone hasn't had that yet, I'll pray for you because it's coming, because this is what we call life. It's coming. And so the sequoia trees, are their survival is dependent upon their interconnectedness. And so, so it is with us that our survival, our success, us getting to our God-given potential is dependent upon one another. I need what you have. And without you giving your gift and sharing your gift with others, there's something missing. We miss something when we're not connected with one another. And so um, I want to ask you, we need, so when you think about the, corner, the four corners of relationships, one, the good news I want to tell you about that is, is it's, it's a flow, it's fluid. If you find yourself in one of these corners, then, uh, you know, one, two, or three, don't be discouraged because you can move from corner to corner. And, and that happens by decision, right? That happens by you saying, okay, I'm not going to put up with this anymore, or I'm not going to isolate myself anymore, or I'm not going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day anymore. I'm going to go out and connect with a friend, have a cup of coffee, have a glass of wine with somebody. So it's fluid, okay? That's the good news. The bad news is if you're in corner four and you think you're home free, guess what? It's very easy to move from corner to corner. I mean, I, I'm feeling like, you know, I hope I'm connecting with you right now, right? But I could go home from here and, and go to corner two and feel really bad about myself and say, geez, you should have said this and you shouldn't have said that. And then I'll move to corner three and have a hot fudge Sunday and turn on Netflix and watch it all day long. So it, it is two pizzas, two pizzas. So it is, it's fluid. And so just being very careful that you're aware of the relationships. You're aware of, of the decisions that you're making and who you're making them with because it really does matter. And I want to say something that... Um, I think one of the best ways to move to a corner four relationship is to get involved in a life group. Because I'll tell you, I've heard from some, so many life group attendees that they say, I don't know what I would do without the people in my group when I got that call, when I got that diagnosis, when I had to bury someone I love. 
Those are the kind of connections that you want to be with. I mean, it's great to be connected here on a Sunday morning, right? But it's impossible for us to know all of your needs unless you tell us. It's impossible for those over here to know those over here what their needs are, how they can pray for them, how, can, how they can encourage them. And so that's why we have small groups, because it really helps us to get connected in a group in a way that we can pray for one another and encourage one another. And Don mentioned the, um, that we have a new series coming up, and it's called The Story of My Life. It's a six-week series, and I really want you to consider and to pray how you might be able to get involved in that series and how you might be able to um, get connected with some others. And I know it's a big step for some people. It's, it can be scary to get connected with people that you don't know. But just remember, it's not a life sentence. It's six weeks long. That's all. It's six weeks. And so I want to ask you for a minute. So I know right now we're in our summer life group schedule, so all of our life groups are a little bit different right now in the summertime. But if you've been involved in a life group here at Crossroads in the 2018 calendar year, would you please stand up for a minute? Look at that. So see... Congratulations to those of you who have been involved in a life group. And those, those of you who have been involved in a life group, I want you to look around. Just don't sit down yet. Look around at those who are not standing. And maybe take a, a step of faith or a bold step and say, I want to invite people to my group. I want to invite people to know what it's like to be involved in a small group and what some of the benefits that you've received from being a part of a small group. So as our worship band, they're already up. Um, So thank you for standing. Thank you for attending groups. I I challenge you. I challenge all of you, those that were standing and those that were sitting, to say, I want to have corner four relationships in my life, and I'm going to give this, I am going to um, give it a try get involved in a life group, can sign up over at Next Steps. There is a sign up over there. And, um, or if you want to say, I'm going to open my home. I've opened my home in the past for a life group. I'm going to open my home again. All you need is a, um, the, the teaching is on a video, this series. And all you need to do is invite three friends. You don't have, you don't, some of you might be saying, I don't have a house big enough, or my house isn't this, or my house isn't that. It doesn't matter. Your house doesn't have to be huge. If you invited three friends over to do life group with you, you would have a group. And so please just pray about that and consider how God might open up the relationships in your life if you said yes to this invitation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have designed us for connection. First, connection with you, but also connection with one another. And I pray that you would give us wisdom in choosing the people we connect with and courage to take necessary action so that we can become all that you have created us to be. We thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your love, and we thank you for your provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
So we bless you all this week, and we say we're so grateful you were here. And so in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, I bless my friends, and I send them out on this week knowing that you are bringing us together in wonderful connections. We thank you, and we bless you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Hope to see you next Sunday. Amen.